This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There are no major spoilers in this episode, but there is mention of the Outlander TV series, the originals, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, Throne of Glass, and Rick and Morty. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Serpent and Dove, book one of our little experiment. So if you haven't been listening to our episodes in order, which is fine, that's pretty much the whole point. So you can just kind of follow along with whatever you're reading. We decided... That in last week's episode, we were talking about there's a difference between audio books and reading the physical copy and kind of the experience that everybody has when it comes to dissecting the literature, if you will. So Laura and I, Laura has already read, this is a reread for her, Serpent and Dove and Blood and Honey. And this is the first time that I'm reading it. However, Laura has experienced this book in the audio version. So the experiment is for me to read the physical, like the hard copy. And that's that's the first episode right now. I finished this book and I, I enjoyed it. I will. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I can see why people do get attached to some characters, but um, I have my own little commentary as we go throughout this episode. And just to establish, I do not like this book. I like certain aspects of this book, certain parts of it infuriate me, but as a whole, I do not like this book. And I really, really feel that it's because of the audio experience. So because of that, Jess is kind of going to be spearheading this because I, and I'm sure like everybody else, is really interested to see her reaction. So (laughs) tell me about this book, Jess. Um, well, first, my my first disclaimer with everything, because I read the book and because I didn't have the audio and I have more of a background in Spanish and Italian language and not French language, my basis is everything that Belle and Lumiere say in Beauty and the Beast. So I'm going to butcher these words. Laura, you have you have the background in French. You were probably like, this is fine. I totally know what some of these are. But I did. There was a part where they were calling Lou, like Lou, some, oh, Lou Margot LaRue. And I f- completely forgot that LaRue meant street. She's of the streets. And then I go, Addie LaRue, she's Addie of the streets because she doesn't have this whole. I just got really sad over Addie LaRue all over again when I put the two together. And it's been months since I read that book. And I go, oh, poor Addie. <laughs> Addie LaRue is a book that sticks with you. I I swear to God, that book will stick with you. Um, I really like that you made that connection here. (laughs) 
such an idiot. So no, you are not an idiot. <laughs> that that is like using using like clues and critical thinking, and you made connections. And no, we love that. We praise that. <laughs> um, I remember starting up, but where 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 to start? I think. Initially, I, I think this, I feel like a lot of people's connection to this book is if you've never, because it is YA, correct me if I'm wrong, right? There's only that one spice scene and that's not even that spicy. Yeah, it's not that spicy. I feel like this is, and so it's it's geared YA, it reads YA. Although they do cuss a lot in this book for YA, just like more than than usual, I feel like. Um, so maybe that is why people think it's more of a, um, an N.A. Because there's a lot of fucks in this book. Yeah, but remember when you're 13 or younger in your middle school and you're away from your parents, you're saying every curse word because you're not around the adults and that makes you feel like an adult. Yeah, but I wasn't reading. I mean, like, I'm just thinking about Throne of Glass. Like, she couldn't. Those were YA and she couldn't use a lot oh. of, like, cuss words. So kind of like how you have like the FCC and like certain ratings, like the MPAA will give you certain ratings in Hollywood, I guess there's something similar for the publishing industry to say like you can't use X amount of language or you have to stay within these confines. Yeah, I think so. So that might be why um, people think of it as more like an NA. And just for like television, I know that like my favorite TV show, Farscape, they like created their own cuss words like their own language to use instead of using like straight up cuss words so well firefly does that too and they did them very differently because farscape is based out of australia whereas firefly was based out of the u.s so well and firefly their their um cuss words were like a, a mis- like a mismatch of like um asian languages Man- right okay yeah so there's like ways around it but it's just like one of those things that like stuck out to me that there's just like a lot of cussing in this book it remind, yeah, there was a lot. I, I guess I didn't even. There was a lot, but it, part of it's because Lou reminds me so much of Nina in the Six of Crows. Like her relationship with Reed is very much Nina and Matthias. Her relationship with Sticky Buns. Yes, I wonder if people really have an affinity of this book because it seems like an intro into fantasy, an intro into spice. And I use that in quotations, an intro into enemies to lovers. So I was wondering if that's kind of where the affinity is, because I remember sending you a text earlier in the week saying, it's cute. I don't know where the obsession cult following comes from, you know, and like all I, I liked it. It was it was I'm glad that I read it because everybody keeps talking about the audio experience not being the best experience. Is it because the male narrator or the female narrator? It's the male narrator. So that's interesting. It is. It's, it's very interesting. So if we're talking about the male narrator, and I will not be going into any specifics because Jess will not be experiencing the male narrator until the third book. Um, how do you feel about Reed? <sighs> like every other fucking chat I've met. I just was like, it's another Chad. He's just, he reminds me of Matthias. He reminds me of Kale. So pious. And I, I just, I just wanted to punch him in the face. If that's not your, I mean, fan art, he's hot. He is a hot looking ginger. Ginger. 
Ugh. Yes. But he was just infuriating and not flexible. And uh, I am very I'm frustrated. I think throughout the whole time he and again, everybody has their own religion. But this religion and the patriarchy combined suppress women every chance they get, which, again, not far off from where we are in our present day. And that is your wife. You, She belongs to you. She is your property. You discipline her as you see fit. That still happens. And he truly, truly believes that. And I know, unrelated to this book, Laura and I, we had the conversation earlier this week where I said, can you imagine that somebody really thinks that about you as a woman and you you just can't help but say, one of the most attractive qualities about my significant other is that they don't believe I have rights and I am property. What? What? I will never get over that. Mm-mm. Uh, it's just insane. Read. I will put this out there. I can't fucking stand Reed. Um, He gets angry and punches walls. I mean, right there. Red flag. uh, He hates himself for falling in love with Lou. He hates like her name. It's not feminine. It's just like just everything about him. I cannot stand, except for the fact that he's ginger and seven feet tall. Like those, <laughs> those are, you know, in the plus category, literally everything else about him is just a giant red flag and I cannot stand him and I hate their relationship. I, I, I think I like Lou. I don't like their relationship. Like I said, I do like Lou because Lou reminds me of Nina and she's, and he gets so flustered and frustrated with every little thing. He, and he's again, like Matthias, why do you do this? She goes, cause I can. Is it pisses you off? Oh, you don't want me to do it. I'm going to do the exact. That's very much me though. Like, tell me, tell me what you don't like and I'm going to do it even more. Or, you know, and it's the same of, I had no intention of pissing you off, but now I do. You know, we were fine before. He's frustrating. And and it's the same. What What's the one one of the tropes that we hate that he doesn't realize he tr- like he says he loves her. Then he finds out what she is. And he's like, we're not married. You're not my wife. Rah! And then she's gone. Taken away. Up for sacrifice. And he he realizes what he had when it's gone. And I hate that. And she forgives him in the end. And that frustrated me because Throne of Glass spoilers, that happened with Adian and Lysandra. It's just, it that bothers me. As it should. It's a terrible fucking trope. Uh, I, I just, I, I can't stand Reed. I can't stand the way he treats everybody. Everybody. Ansel. I can't stand how he like looks up to the arch bishop and how he like turns his nose down at people and oh he's the archbishop's little bitch oh it's awful and i i do like that jean Luc like kind of points that out you know he's like Ugh, but you know jean Luc is this whole other thing but just ooh, i uh, and their their relationship is he's like why didn't she trust me with this it's like are you fucking insane because of how you're reacting like uh, are you dumb? still didn't acknowledge that he goes doesn't she know that she could trust me could she 
Because you just kicked her out. So are you really mad at her for not trust? No, that because that's not what this was at all. The entire time. The entire time. And then there was at one point, there was a quote that goes, and I can't remember who said it. I should have, I think I highlighted it. Um, where it goes, oh, well, if you didn't tell me, that's not on you. That's on me for you not being able to tell me that. So, yeah, it is on you because look, look where we are. Ugh. I just, I cannot stand men that punch walls. And one of my favorite things is like German men don't punch walls because the walls here are made out of concrete. So they can't, <laughs> it'll break your fucking hand. Uh, so it's, it, it's fun. So it, have they just conditioned themselves not to punch walls? Yeah, shocking, right? Shocking. <laughs> they channel their anger in other ways. They don't punch walls. And oh my God, oh, I just, I can't stand, I can't stand Reed. I do really like Lou though. I like her for what she is and what she represents. I like that, um, you know, she's a witch and she's got Coco. And I like that she was with, uh, what's his name? What's his name? They're Ansel? like, Baz. No, Baz. Yeah. I like that she was with Baz and she's like, you know, I was never in love with Baz. We just had like a thing. And I like how, how Lou, um, you know, has this relationship with the bakery guy and he like gives her buns and she runs like this con on him, but they're friends. Like I like most of the aspects of Lou. I, I just hate everything else. What are your thoughts about, I mean, can you really judge her then? Because I'm sorry. I'm like thinking having all my own internal conversation. She did. She's a survivor, you know, and even when her and Reed are doing basically 20 questions, She's like, what's your biggest strength? She's like, I'm a survivor. Like she, come hell or high water, she's going to look out for number one. Because she goes, nobody else is looking out for me. I have to look out for me. And I thought that was really interesting because I feel like a lot of people, because I think she says like, oh, I'm selfish. And I feel like a lot of people would say that she's selfish for being like that. But that's what she's had to do. So can you, is it really fair to judge somebody that way? Cause you don't know what they've had to go through to be where they are to just live. That's a good question. I also, this is kind of just like, just made me think of it though. Um, do you think that their relationship is insta love? Cause I kind of do. It's it, like the timeline's only like a month. Oh, I didn't realize the timeline was that short. I, I don't know if... Because to Lou, she's like a... Like, at the end, she's like be all, end all. Like, you are my kind of, like, everything, right? And and Reed is like, well, I guess we'll go to the Blood Witches. Rah! You know, I can't go back to my old life. I gave it all up for you. Like, uh, if, <sighs> if it was real life, uh, I feel like... It, it just wouldn't end well because then they're together out of they, – they have that trauma bond that they share together. Then they have that moment of, like you said, I gave up everything, so this is my only choice, where later down the line that would manifest into resentment toward the other – well, more so read towards Lou in their relationship – it's just if again, like that's if it's real life, and I did. That's just the direction that the that the relationship is going. Kind of like the idea of Bo had no idea, and all of a sudden Coco is like, "What?" He's so 
somehow he knew, I guess Coco shared with him at some point because he wasn't surprised when all this information came out about Lou. And I like how Coco calls Ansel out on it. He goes, oh, I didn't know. And she goes, you're not, you are a terrible liar. You are not fooling anybody. He goes, I knew. Yeah, you're a 16-year-old boy. Of course you knew. Why are you trying to hide it? And it shows that, and, and Lou even says, like, he's he's open-minded. You know, he's understanding that not everything is as black and white as it appears. Um, the hypocrisy of the church. I mean, and I, oh, that's what I really wanted to get your insight on it. Because, I mean, granted, like, between our personal upbringings, like, you spent more time in Catholic school. Because, whoa, that mass scene. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Wednesday mornings at school. Um, but you also have background in religious studies. So I really wanted to know where your insight was with this storyline. Oh, just with like the the church of it all? Yeah. Um, It it made me remember how much I just hate it. Um, it, it, It's just so oppressive. It's so... The thing that really got to me about the whole church thing is that they're calling the witches it's. They're like, they're not they're not people like they're not real. They're demons. Like it's not a she, it's an it. And just the way that the, the hypocrisy and, and it's interesting here though, where the archbishop, um, like had an affair with, um, uh, the, the Madame. Ma- yeah. <sighs> it wasn't a little boy is what I'm saying. It was a woman. Right. So like, uh, just, oh, uh, my God. Did he know that she was a witch? Yeah. Right? The Archbishop knew that she was, or we find that out later. That's what I, I mean, he knew about Lou. He knew Lou was he his found daughter. Out, like, later. Okay. Yeah, just just all of it, all of it is just, it's just so fucking frustrating. I, I can't stand it. Um. Yeah, I had to go to Mass twice a week until I was 18, and, um, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of internalized bullshit, and yeah, it's it's just it's just awful. Um, um, I had a thought that I wanted to ask you. Do you feel that Lou is Reed's manic pixie dream girl? Hmm. May maybe he. She's the complete opposite of what. So I is it Sally? Sally? I was gonna call her Salil most of the, my reading. Sealy. Seely, okay. See, I already butchered it. Um, complete opposite of Seely. Like Seely was perfect for him on paper. She was mi- like mild, well mannered, well spoken, respectful. Don't speak until you're spoken to. Prominent in society, her family was like high. Yeah, like, her, in dad, society. her her dad was basically second in command to the king. He's a viscount. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and even she was like, you need to put the brotherhood before me. Just so self-righteous. And I'm like, fuck you. But, you know, I will say, as much as I don't like Lou and Ree's relationship, I would have seen red if I walked in on that at the ball. Just oh, red. Yeah. Re- lost my, lose my shit. And, I, and you know, she's being, she, how she handled everything, even from the, listening in on the conversation. I probably would have done that. I probably would have approached them first. Be like, how is my husband treating you? Fine, I hope. Like, I just would have waltzed right in. Yeah, I would have caused a whole ass scene. 
And oh, I would have loved it too. I would have. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I would, I wouldn't, I would be so, cause I've, I've personally done that before to be like, how's your little day date going? I've done it. I've done it. I'm not proud of it, but I love it. Like it's, it's very mixed emotions. What, what are your thoughts on the whole manic pixie? Uh, yeah, I, I think she totally is. I think that is a good way to describe her. Because Reed is so uptight and high strung and he's like, you have to, you know, obey me and listen to me. And when you're out in public, you're a reflection on me. And oh, just, oh my God. Oh, just, it's just reminding me of the TikTok audio from Rick and Morty. I'm like, I'm not going to listen to shit. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> Suck my whole dick. <laughs> that's, that's literal. <laughs> Can somebody please do that? I need somebody to do that cosplay, please. <laughs> So good. Rick and Morty is so fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah, I do think that Re or that Lou is a manic pixie dream girl, you know, kind of, uh, to read because he slowly starts to love that she's like that. And the whole, uh, they're out for like Christmas and she's like, you know, I'll strip down in the square and dance a jig. And he's like, bet. Do it. And yeah. she's like, bet. And so yeah, I, and she like brings him out of his shell and then he, you know, he goes back into his comfortable, horrible, like church loving woman hating self. And then he's like brought back out of it for her. And now they're on the run together. So, yeah, I think uh, like just just from this one book, it's hard to see how this relationship is going to like last. Do you know what I mean? Like. And this is coming from your perspective with having the background of the second book, too, correct? Oh, I'm just, no, I'm just, like, putting an end stop. Okay, just like, okay. Yeah, just, I'm okay. capping it at this book. Just, like, just just from the material that you have in this one book, like, how... Ugh. Ugh. Um, what I do like in this book is I do really love the witches. I mean, not what they're doing, obviously. I mean, you know that, but, like... I like the story and of the witches. I like Morgane. Morgan. That's her mom's name. Yeah. yeah. We didn't know the mom's name. We were like, what's her name? Her. Yeah. Uh, Morgan. Manon. Her best friend's Manon. Yeah. I loved that. <laughs> yeah. Man in the audio, Manon. Uh, yeah. So it's just, yeah, I, I like, then they go to the chateau and, you know, the celebration, like uh, the whole backstory. I, I like the, uh, you know, the two former best friends and they have, you know, I, I like I like the whole story. Is it weird that Lou gets her throat cut twice and survives each time? Yeah, it's kind of weird, but um, you know, whatever. But that is part of the reason why I don't like this book is all of the fucking blood and palm slices that they're doing. Coco, oh my god, Coco, you're marring your beautiful skin. But like that's where her magic is from. So like I get it, but also like uh, and and there's a description where Coco's like, yeah, and I and I reunited with Lou, and like it was right after her scab fell off. I was like, Ugh. yeah, I that was like, what? That's such a why? Why are we focusing on that detail? Yeah, why? It, it, give me the willies, like you know, I, I like I work with kids, so there's not a lot that I'm squeamish about, but like. This specific thing is like, I'm very squeamish about it. And it's just like, ew, I don't like this. It, that, that's a good point because 
I think I could, I don't want to say I forgot. I know her throat was sliced the second time, but I think in my head, I didn't think of it as a full slice. It was more of a, a grazing, if you will. <laughs> because like you said, I mean, she, how many times can you get your throat sliced and survive? Granted, she is a witch. So there is this whole fantasy, you know, when all else fails, magic, right? Blood and honey. They say the thing. Blood and honey. <laughs> I put that in my notes. Did they say, I know they talked about serpents in this book, but they never say serpent and dove. Not together, but they do say no. dove. Like there's right. like so, a, yeah, there's like. Okay. But then they say blood and honey. And I go, they said the thing. They said the future thing that we didn't know of. Like if we were just reading it at as the books came out, we wouldn't have picked up on the blood and honey of it all. But you know plays a part because the second book is called Blood and Honey. Um, tropes. Unrelated to everything, the tropes were here and I I just love a trope. I don't even care. All the, the tropes. All, all the, the tropes. You, the, you had the dagger trope. You had um, the one bed trope. Um, the, the single hair slash brushing hair behind the ear. That trope was there. I love... Somebody made a TikTok. I don't even remember. I've watched too many of them at this point. Um, of of all the characters quotes when they talk about my wife, like where's you know, when Throne of Glass spoilers, Rowan's like, Where's my wife? And then there's a line that Reed says, I thank you to take your hand from my wife. And all I could think of was season one, Jamie Frazier. That is my favorite line in the entire season as he's rescuing Claire. Oh yeah, Outlander spoiler. And <laughs> I, it's just so hot and I don't know why. Maybe that's just like when we talk about are we throwing our feminism out the window? Do I want to be somebody's property? Absolutely not. But I, do I want somebody to be super protective over my feminist I can do whatever I want ask? Absolutely. You know, now that you bring up Jamie <laughs> Frazier, he's the only seven foot tall ginger that mm. I want to climb. Like I, like I couldn't do without Reed, but like Jamie Frazier, any day, all day. Oh my God, that man! They kept talking about Reed's copper hair, copper hair, and you know who else does the copper hair thing is E. L. James, and she always casts um, and and Jamie Dornan Duran, who plays Christian Gray. That's who I was kind of thinking of. But then I saw the fan art and I was like, the fan art's better. Yeah, the, the fan art is is definitely better. Um, let's talk about Coco. Let's. I like Coco. I love that she was dismissive to Lude. Be like, yeah, 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 I'm going to run away. And then she goes, psych, <laughs> I'm here to save your ass. It's like, not only am I not going to listen to like whatever you say, but I'm going to insert myself using my magic into like the Chasseur like um, dormitory and I'm going to be like a magic healer, which I love how like magic healers are just like reading proverbs and stuff to like <laughs> everything that the witches did. Although, you know, I said I like the witches. I do like that not only are the like talk about the three-faced goddess is there, which we, we are familiar with and um like magic always has a cost and the patterns, like the way that Lou and Coco's magic is like totally different. I, I love that. And I do love how Coco kind of just schools read about like, 
you know, you say you're hunting witches. There are all different kinds. We're all shapes and colors. We do different things. Like, how can you be so goddamn ignorant? Like, I love it. I love, I love it. And, you know, she doesn't let up. She says it the entire... She calls him out and he goes, you know, even when they were fighting and he goes... She goes, we got in a fight. Like, this is my fault. I should have known. He goes, why were you guys in a fight? And she goes, because I told her that she shouldn't fall in love with your dumbass. Like, <laughs> I love it. She goes, look, we have we have a common person that we love and we care about. But make no mistake, I don't like you. Yeah, not only do I not like you, I don't respect you. I don't, um, you know, believe in anything that you stand for. And I think you're dumb. And it's just, it's just perfect it's like yes all of these things i can't wait for you to tell somebody i'm dating that like and i think you're dumb (laughs) uh one of the best insults i've ever heard was i am not gonna listen to somebody who uses a three-in-one shampoo so good it just stops people in their tracks they're like oh because you know those are the people who have one pillow on their bed too (laughs) oh definitely no question All, all the things, all the things. Um, Coco is, is so great. She's the blood witch. Lou is, um, you know, uh, Madame Blanche, like white witches, and they see patterns. And I'm familiar with that because this um, pattern-based magic system is the same magic system that is in my favorite book series, um, A Pattern of um, Shadow and Light by Melissa McPhail. It's the same kind of thing like magic is patterns and you have to manipulate the patterns and like make connections and like all of that stuff so this was very familiar to me and i found it like very comforting in a book like this book that i don't really like so i was like oh okay i I like this part well this goes with what you were saying at the beginning of the episode where you said like there are parts of this book that you really appreciated and you really liked but the book as a whole how, how do you feel about magic having a smell? I'm indifferent, but I also like smells. Like, I love when I go for a walk and you know somebody has, um, like, their fire pit going or fireplace or, you know, so you can tell if somebody has, like, really good laundry detergent or fabric softener. I'm I'm weird like that, though. I love appreciating it. But how come... And, I, you know, sometimes I don't ask all the questions right away because, as we've learned with other things, I'll ask you something and go, you got to keep reading. Well, I kept reading and I didn't know. So the, you have that smoky scent of magic when it's used in this series. Or if you're a magical person, it lingers on you, which is how we find out that Coco has to keep her whole body covered in the robes. But Lou consist like she constantly smells of cinnamon. Isn't that some sort of indication? Even if she's not using her magic, she has a scent. Or is that just her, you know, like we have pine and snow, cinnamon's just her scent. I think that's just her like pheromony musk situation. Uh, Because, and this makes me think of when Lou is going to buy the copper dagger that matches his, Reed's copper hair. And mm-hmm. uh, she's attacked by Gru, which it's like, Gru. Um, <laughs> um, but she kills, you know, she kills them, the, the henchmen that have been bothering her this whole time. And she pumps the, the, um, the bellows to fill up the, the area with like smoke and, you know, all these different smells to mask her magic her smell. smell. Yeah. Yeah. So 
yeah, I, I don't know. It's a it's a weird detail that is kind of cool. Like I enjoy it. It makes the magic system different, but it's also like, eh, you know, it's like, eh. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this comes from being the eldest of four in a Hispanic family, but I feel like she'd freak out over like, how is she going to cover this, this lie? And I could just think of, oh, this is what I would have said. Like, you got to be quick. You got to be on the fly as, as you know, y- y- it's survival mode, you know, in a way. And she gets, she freaks out and I go, why don't you just blame the magic where you say that they use the magic? It's not her. And she like, why do we, why are we making, that was just me being like, Lou, there's a better lie that you could have come up with than this. And I just thought of five. Yeah, no, I actually totally agree with you. And also um, kind of piggybacking off of that in the very beginning, when Lou is at the theater and Reed is like coming after her. And then there's the whole like implication that she gives off that he like assaulted her and everything. And the archbishop is just like, well, I guess you got to marry. I was like, wait, really? There's so many other ways that we could have addressed this. You know, it could have just been the truth ish of. I was attacked last night. I wanted to use the bathroom. We got tangled up in the curtain. Yeah, Here I we mean, are. there's like there's a million. I, I, I don't. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It is is weird. Why? Well, yeah. It, it. I mean, it went zero to sixty of oh, you know how we solve this problem? Marriage. What? Yeah, that seems like it escalated quickly. Well, and that's a trope, you know, the the yeah. marriage trope. And the other trope that is here is special girl doesn't want to be special, right? Like she, yeah. Lou is born to die. And by the time she's old enough to kind of like realize how fucked up that is, like it's her time to die. And she escapes. And I, I do like the whole um, witches want to kill the royal family to take over their land because... Like, the ancestors are there, you know? It's like, mm, I, they got a point. They have a point. It's, but it's it's very much, I mean, you can equate it to Throne of Glass and the Wastelands and everything. But it's also very much of, hey, here's these colonizers. We want our shit back. Yeah, and by the way, the king is a big man whore. I like that that's just part of it. Like, that's integral to the plan. Like, he's a big <laughs> slut. So he's got all these <laughs> bastards everywhere. We got to track them all. Day. Like... It's, it's, yeah. But it's, uh, well, you know how we say, like, what if you, what, what there's a clear expression where you just, if you cut off the head, like everything else kind of, that's kind of what I feel the witches wanted to do with Lou because she was so integral because of the way everything was connected with the blood. If she died, all like, yeah, he's a man whore, but by, instead of going out and getting all the kids, let's go. To the head, which is Lou, and then that'll that'll solve everybody's problem and get our land back. It's very um like originals, like kill the original, kill the line type yeah. situation. I was just like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> did you? Could ask me if I picked up on something? You know, I, I'm not a smart person. <laughs> you are a smart person. Did you pick up on um, uh, Madame? Uh, what, what's her name? Labelle. Helene. Helene, her first name was like Madame Helene something, Reed's mom. Did you pick up on her being Reed's mom? It made sense. Like, I, I know I, I made the connection. Like, there was the, like, I knew I thought I was like, I think 
there's something there. There's something there. I knew I picked up on it before the characters picked up on it, but not till like the last quarter of the book. Yeah, they they keep talking about like the eyes, the you know the hair, the eyes. Oh, I have a question about her hair, of Lou's hair. So I was looking on TikTok to like focus onto going into this episode. Is there a point like I and then there's a point where she goes to Pan at the patisserie and he goes, oh, you changed your hair. Was there a point that she had blonde hair and then she went brunette wig? Is that what? Oh, it was. It was just a wig. It wasn't magic or anything. Yeah. OK, just it was just it wigs. was just like, OK, I, I think I was, you know, I was also thinking I was having, like I said, this bigger thing than it was just kind of like how Aelin went from. No. OK. No, uh, it's just wigs from the uh, the theater that they used as oh, the okay, like the costume, the costumes, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, the spice. What did you feel about the spice? I mean, if we're giving it emojis, it was one emoji. Yeah, yeah. People, that, I don't know. People, people. Do people say this is spicy? I've seen people say like, "Oh, read it for the spice," and then other people. You know, at this point, I'm on like the dark romance kind of side of TikTok. I'm not sure how I got there, but I'm happy to be there. Nobody knows how you get to any part of TikTok anymore. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. Um, Yeah. And people are like, this isn't spicy at all. And like, no, it's it's not. But I don't think it But see. This is another perfect example of I don't think it's you don't read it for the spice. In my opinion, you're reading it for witches. Right. And I just don't. Is there spice? There's one scene. There's one one scene that's like us trying to say the shadow wand is spicy it's not spicy it's not they have they have moments and i think it's more i do like the i can't even say banter because there is no banter it is lou just being the sass queen that she is i like that i like that for it's very one-sided so i wonder if that's kind of you know people feel like there's this you know it is enemies to lovers but the one scene she took his virginity. <laughs> it's no, I it, love watching you giggle over things. I, I just it's it's just I, I, actually talking about the spice scene. I do like how she he was like kissing on her neck and like telling her like things that he would do, and then like when she called him on it, and she was like, "All right, do it." He like choked up and got nervous yeah. and like didn't know what to do, and she was like, "Oh, of course he's a virgin." Like. He's holier than now with, you know, all his bullshit. So she had to, like, show him what to do. And I do like that. I do like that. But him being all good at kissing, again, goes back to Outlander season one, where he's just, he got really good at it. And Jamie and and Claire's like, I thought you weren't a virgin. I thought you were a virgin. He goes, I'm a I'm a virgin. I'm not a monk or like, I'm not a say he says something. And I'm like, yes, yes. Jamie Frazier go off. <laughs> and I feel like this was, this was kind of like Rude's moment because I mean, granted he had only kissed Celie one person. So, and even then, Oh, that was, I do, I do appreciate where Lou is like teaching him. And at first she goes, this is how women like it or something. And then she goes, well, this is how I like it. Yes, girl. Yes. Tell him because it's also very not everybody's the same, you know, and I really I really appreciate it. She's like, "Mm, no, he's my husband. This this is what I want. Yes, bitch. Yes. Train him how you want it. That's (laughs) that's just like standard. That's 
standard. But I like that she clarified that for him, where she went from like, this is how you, and she was like, mm, this is for me. This is how you do me. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The spice. <laughs> and I like that he's like kind of scared of heights and he's like seven feet tall. Like there are very few things about Reed that are redeeming. No, he's ugh. Do I like that he screamed at her, made her like flee and then gets freaked out when she's not there. And then, you know, like kind of does this whole overhaul on his life to go after her. No, I hate that trope. And you said that earlier. Like, it's just it's the worst, like not realizing what you have until it's gone. Like, I'm sorry. I'm wonderful. Appreciate me now. Like, mm-hmm. I it, I don't know if I were Lou and I like woke up after all of this trauma and he was there. I'd be like, I want somebody and maybe it's out there. Please. I would love the recommendation. Give me that trope because yes, the other person should wake up and realize, holy fuck, I just made an awful choice. I need to redeem myself. Let me go after this person. This is everything. Yes. Do all those things. I want the the person, the protagonist to not take them back because that's real life. I mean, it, it happens. Do that. Everybody wants that moment to be, fuck you, no. Like, who doesn't? And, and, and it's never a conversation ever again. I want that book. I want that book. I Give me the trope and give me the, give me that happy ending. Yeah. And none of the like, oh, well, I will do like everything to prove myself and, you know, I'll earn myself back to you. It's like, no, like hands down. No, just but that that goes back to like, you know, Capricorn, Virgo, us just being really (laughs) able to like burn bridges and cut ties without like a second glance. Like, oh, my God. There's a quote and it's usually related to like a lot of the the signs in our charts that say I can still love you and I will walk away and look right through you because you have emotions, but you'll never let anybody else see that. Like, I'll be damned if you know how much you hurt me. How old are these characters? How old did they come across to you? Young. However, at one point, I figured out Lou's age is 18 because she had the the, the sacrifice happens with a, when a witch get, gets, comes into her powers at 16. And then she was telling a story to read. And she goes, oh, two years ago. So she was, you know, living the thief life for two years. So she's 18 now. He was, I I took, he was probably about 21 is kind of my takeaway. We know Ansel is 16. Um, Coco and and Lou are about the same age. Bo, I thought, was probably in his 20s also. Um, Young Prince. Um, So it was really like that 16 to, to maybe like 22 age range that I had in my head. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Um, I I did. I found it kind of weird where Coco was was like kind of playing playing a little bit with Ansel and being like, "Oh, maybe I'll show him like a good time." I was like, "He's sixteen. He's sixteen. 16. You're 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 that's that's I illegal." I feel like the second the second you turn eighteen, everything else should just be like whoosh behind you. I don't even care. You know, Ugh. and maybe reapproach it later in life, you know. So the beginning of this book very much to me had um Crooked Kingdom breaking into uh the the like lawyer's house vibes when they were breaking into 
the townhouse. I mean, it's it's like basically yeah, it's like basically the same, right? With the there were dogs that they had to subdue. Like it was very. Very similar. I was so mad at Bez where he's he got caught and he's like, Lou, Lou, Lou. <laughs> you're like, you idiot, you idiot. And then, of course, because there's the preconceived notion, they were like, Lou, that's the other person. We got to look for a man because patriarchy. And I really like that moment. And I also like when Lou is just being strategic when she gets caught. She goes. Here's the guy. His name is Baz. Like, she's like, he didn't give a fuck about calling my name out. Here you go. <laughs> I really liked that. She's like, fuck you. Oh, it's, it's good. Like, it, yeah, I thought that whole, that whole like opening is pretty good. It kind of like sets the stage. Lou is, I feel she kind of saves this whole book. Yeah. To no, make without me enjoy her. It. That, that's me. I really, I think, I don't, I really think I liked this book because I liked Lou. I think that's what, the, like, as the more we talk about it, that's more of my takeaway. Yeah, because I personally don't like the romance in here. I think it hits like a pile of bricks. It's just like flat and ugh. Because there isn't romance. It's just her being her and him being this stodgy white guy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, it doesn't ugh. feel like a relationship. It, yeah. It doesn't feel like a relationship at all. Just at all. Um. Tell me about Angelica's ring. Um, I like this. Ooh, you know what I really liked about Angelica's ring? Because we know the history of Angelica. Like, they're the first witch, essentially, who falls in love with the with Constantine. And I love when, I love when, Const- like, just the name Constantine comes up. Because you know, you know religions like Constantine, like this this person. And here he is, fucking a witch, doing life. I love that it has this magical power. I was also curious of, does it have to work between the teeth or does it just have to be in her mouth? I think it just has to be in her mouth. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of weird, but okay, cool. But then they have, then the, the, okay. I, <laughs> you, you pronounce this C H A S S E U R S. Chasseur. Chasseur. I was just like, the chasers. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, wait, Chasseur. Like, I was just calling them the chasers at one point. Chasseur? Yeah, uh, Chasseur. And then Lou calls him um, Chas. Chas. Right. Chas. Okay. I knew the Chas. Yeah. And then, okay, the Chasseurs, their special witch hunting daggers, the whole time they're like, oh, these are these are special, blah, blah, blah. And you find them in the end, they're like, yeah, why do you think they're special? They're magic. And again, Reed was like, oh, what? We've been carrying magic this whole time. Rah! Like his whole mind is blown. And again, Co- Coco comes to mind. Idiot. Duh. <laughs> well, and Reed has that whole moment. He's like, everything else in my life has been a lie. Why not something else? It's like, oh, my God. God, stop talking. Or nobody cares. No one cares. Or when they, they, everybody was like getting their faces changed, she goes, no, no. Or, or when, um, when Coco was trying to do the protective thing, she was doing Rafiki over Simba over yeah. all the cat, all the, everybody. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And everyone's, and even like all his friends, come on, stop being a douche and just fucking do it. We need the protection. Even if it doesn't work, at least we could try something uh, she's just like get over here you 
piece of shit. I like how you said you almost said friends and then stopped yourself because they are not like a merry band of thieves. Like they're not friends. No, they're working towards a, a goal. Like shared goal. Yeah. This yeah. is like it's not a found family trope. No. 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 I don't even see that going into book two. You know how usually you're like, oh well what do you have what do you see is in book two? Well, there's gonna be blood witches now. And she's still and her mom's still gonna go after her. You know why? Because mom never died. If somebody doesn't die, they're always coming back. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so true. Did the art the archbishop die? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Reed, yeah, he is. Yeah, Reed dead. killed him. Yeah. And, well, I, I I knew he killed him. I well, I knew he put the sword through him, but I just couldn't. Rem- I didn't know if he like really died. In fairness, does anybody? Sometimes I'm like, does anybody ever really die? No, that's true. This is all. This is all very accurate. It's all very true. Um, Bo, Bo is kind of like that that side character that I want more of, right? Yes. Yes, I do want more of Bo. I want more of Bo, and I want more of Coco, and I want more of their, like, banter. And I like how Ansel was like, yeah, they've been like this the whole time, just, like, kind of, like, biting and, like, bickering at each other. But in a in a playful, like, their banter, I like. Mm-hmm. I also like, because if they had even a novella, I would totally read it, because I do like mm-hmm. how Bo was all about Coco at the at the ball, and and... Lou was like, what are you doing? And she's like, it's going to be dark. No one's going to see my scars. Let me get mine, bitch. I just, I just love Coco. And then again, how you find out later that at some point there was that conversation because he was not shocked about any of this information with the witches. I I, I want to see more of it. And he calls Coco like an astonishing creature, like these astonishing creatures, like talking about witches are just like, okay, Bo, I see you. I see you and I like you so much better than Reed. Oh, my God. So why do you think, so why do you think everybody loves Reed or loves Lou and Reed? What do you think it is about their, this story and or dynamic that make people just love it so much i have no idea i have no answer just because i i i don't know the only thing i can think of is that it's like a like a unconscious subconscious like manic pixie dream girl situation and like they see themselves i i I don't know or or maybe there's a lot of people that are married to like closed off standoffish self-centered egotistical pricks and and they like want to change self-awareness so they're I, like, oh, this is just like our relationship. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't I don't know. Now and and that is just. I mean, I think that's just looking at like the content that's there. Like it doesn't. The relationship does not leap off the the page, and it doesn't leap, you know, from from the audio. Like, what what do you think? I I almost having this conversation. It made me wonder: Do people? And it's nothing about like, oh, enemies to lovers is my favorite trope. I'm all about that. It is totally my jam. But just because it's enemies to lovers, do people feel like they have to like every single enemies to lovers relationship? No, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of enemies to lovers. I don't think so either. But I feel like every time somebody gets exposed to another, another 
enemies to lovers couple, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, they're the best. But are they? Just because they're enemies to lovers doesn't make them a good relationship, doesn't make them a good couple. But like you said, there's nothing that leaps off the page that makes me really root for them either. You know how there, there's other couples where you're, you, you, you personally will put yourself in that book and fight off anybody to make that the, the, these relationships happen. This isn't it. I'm kind of like, where, where's my, my SJM plot twist of a, a second or third love, like love interest? Cause that's what I need. The only thing that I can really think of is like why people would really like passionately love this book is that it does that like women, right? Women. It's all, it's all about women and, um, you know, overcoming obstacles and fighting back and like down, down with men and, and like, that that aspect of it because the the romance is is not that part of it so like you know down with the church down with the archbishop down with you know down with hypocrisy prejudice like, yeah that's what really again that's what I, I loved Lou but it was those obstacles that every time I sent you a reaction video I was like fucking a man the patriot because it's not that we hate men we hate patriarchal society. That's the connection where our frustration is. Yeah. And, you know, down with like the institutions and the patriarchy can be done in a way like the Black Witch, where it's a little bit more compelling, I think, maybe. Um, this book, like this book is is much more about the focus on like women tearing it down as, instead of like, you know, a found family tearing it down. Well, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I, you know, women. Period. And <laughs> that, that, that's all it is because they're they're the stars, right? The 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 dan- the troop that comes and does the performance, and and the the witches are scary, right? They inflict true harm on people. Tell I mean I don't know what kind of visuals you got with the with the troop when they came to do the reenact like the the dramatized reenactment remember when because you went to spain during holy week also where they come into the plaza like the plaza mayors and they're just doing the processions and everybody's trying gathering i mean granted i didn't imagine the outerwear that are worn during holy week but i imagine a gathering like that kind of like set medievally but also in a in a plaza where everybody's just congregating and the archbishop and lou kind of looking down at the crowd of what's going on and even with the when they were burning estelle at the stake it was also like i imagined it kind of like um the vatican where they go onto the balcony and they're like this is what we're doing yeah and i think those visuals are are like you know, pretty on on point. Uh, you know, this is set in France, so you know, change the architecture a little bit, change the vibes a little right. bit. But yeah, town square type, you know, building situation. Yeah, no, those are totally the vibes that I got. Absolutely, totally. And uh, we didn't really talk about it, but the witches inflicting like true scary harm with all those people in the hospital and like the poison that they keep just like jamming in everyone's neck. Oh my god. Oh my god. And um 
just ever just everything like the woman that has like bees under her skin and like oh all, and then when she would that. talk they would fly out Ugh. yeah all all of that and like the the guy he had like he like turned into bark and like like suffocate like all of that stuff you know it, it's like horrifying it's absolutely horrifying but i do like that it wasn't shied away from like these witches are on a revenge. It's like a revenge plot and they are fired up and like, you know, ready to go. And they're just going to start slaughtering people. And it doesn't matter if you're in the way you're done. So, well, I mean, they even say they go talk about the, the expression like hell hath no fury. And I mean, from experience. Yes. I think we've, I think a lot of us have all like, doesn't mean we've all been in that hell or high water i'm taking you down where does the book go from here except that we know we're going to what we already said you have the blood witches that they're going to be off to then you're going to have the the lose mom appear at some point again so is it more on that do they go back to cesarine or do they are they just kind of living through the woods and it's about their adventure on to this next... Uh, there's a lot of, like, side quests off of the main plot in the second book. And it's more of, like, they go to Coco's, like, coven, right? And Coco's like, no, 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 they won't kill you. They won't kill you. Like, my aunt said she'll protect you. Like, no one will touch you. You have my protection. It's like, okay, she has the protection, but she doesn't have the respect. That's so different. Yeah, so it's it's like, okay, you're not going to be in, like, mortal danger, but everyone still fucking hates you. So it, it's it's that kind of hmm. – it's that kind of situation, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to, like, give it away. No, that's fine. I mean, I'm again, I'm glad that I'm reading it because I'll I, – I at least have the, the tone is set and we'll go through it and we'll see what happens. I'm sure I, I have a feeling that if this was – my frustrations in book one. I can only imagine how book two is approached. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. So next week's episode will be Blood and Honey, we'll, where we will continue our experiment into the audio versus reading debacle. I don't even say it's a debacle. It's an experiment. It's an experiment because both forms, audio and reading a physical copy or an ebook copy, you know, all forms of reading are valid. It's just the experience is different and it is very interesting to kind of get these points of view. So I'm excited. So feel free to follow us on Instagram at Acafe Podcast and follow us on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.